Game Cola Faithful, and welcome to the Game Cola Podcast. This is podcast number 114, and I am your host and podcast commander, Joseph Martin. With me today, I have Anna Bernarski, Alex Shedrzak, and a special guest, Paul Franzen. Everyone, introduce yourselves. Hi, I'm Anna Bernarski. I'm Game Cola's uh, social media trash queen. I'm Alex Jerzak. I overthrew Paul Franzen for editor-in-chief of GameCola.net. Uh, and I'm Paul Franzen, the overthrown former editor, uh, founder, editor emeritus. Uh, I, I don't know. Everyone else gets fun titles, so I just want to keep adding on to mine. Uh, I think I had weird uncle at one point. That kind of conflicts with uh, founding father, though, so I'm not sure. I'll have to keep thinking about that you one. You could be a anyway. father and an uncle. Yeah. I th- I yeah, but time. like same relationship to the same website though. That's kind of that means like something weird <laughs> happened, didn't it? Like something really, <laughs> really uncomfortable happened. <laughs> kind of like my um, intro. <laughs> <laughs> um. So Paul today yes. is here as our sort of uh, guest interviewee. Um. If you haven't been following Paul, he has been working um game dev since he uh. Since Jetty overthrew him, I guess <laughs> yes. is the narrative we're sticking with um, as uh, editor-in-chief of GameCola. So you've been working uh, at your your own sort of brand, oh, exclamation point, a rock studios. And you've been working with Michael on some games too, right? Michael uh, Gray? That is correct. Yeah, I've collaborated with Michael on a number of games at this point, uh, many of which are available on Steam. So I'd get my first plug in right there. <laughs> <laughs> Search for oh, rock studios on Steam. Lots of good products. And, and so content. is is Oa Rock with you and Michael, um, or is it <laughs> Oa Rock is you, and then you collaborate with Michael, who is yeah, that's Arlo that's Frump. more how I think of it. Like when I originally uh, quote unquote founded it, which yeah, it feels weird to say that, but uh, it was it was supposed to be like I'm Oa Rock Studio. Oa Rock Studios is me and like the spe- individual people that I collaborate uh, with on uh, specific projects with. Um, so like I made the beard in the mirror with my wife, Lizzo, another former, uh, game cola writer. Uh, and I've been making a lot of games with Michael. Um, it just kind of turned out that most, most of my collaborating has been with Michael for the last few years. Okay. And you, so just quickly off the top of your head, yes. um, if you can, oh boy. uh, like what, what have you, what have you put out so far? Cause it's been, a quite a number for the past couple of years. Yeah, so um, we put out, um, we started releasing just like really tiny uh, visual novels or, or what I was calling visual novelettes at the time on uh, itch.io. <laughs> uh, we made a little like half hour long game called My Nigerian Prince, uh, a game about uh, dating the person uh, who sends you spam email. Uh, we followed that up with, uh, since I was working with Michael at the time, we followed it up with the obvious choice, uh, a Nancy Drew parody game uh, <laughs> called uh, Francie Drew. <laughs> And we have not been sued over that yet, which makes me very happy. <laughs> uh, uh, and from there, we kind of moved on to uh, bigger games. Uh, we finally released uh, The Beard in the Mirror, who, which longtime Game Cola fans will know as Test Game, uh, that Lizzo used to write a monthly column about. <laughs> uh, we had been working on that for about a decade. And then, uh, of course, uh, our, our, quote, big hit, uh, Cat President, A More Perfect Union, a dating sim about talking cats running for president. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, if uh, anyone who isn't like sort of familiar with Game Cola in general, um, Cat President would probably be the one you've most likely heard about outside of the context of Game Cola. It's true. That one, yeah, that one worked out pretty well. In that ter- one from, was uh... written about on actual websites. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry. Hey, <laughs> so I I, I kind of messed up the inflection there. I was really going for like on actual websites, like 
like I will like polygon and and stuff like that. And it was more the inflection was more my excitement. All right, I'm just digging myself deeper. Let's continue. So so what is what is sort of what has life as game dev sort of been like for you? Sort of now, I guess sort of because you were you were working you've been working on test game, which is then became Beard in the Mirror. Mm-hmm. Um, before you before while you were still editor in chief of Game Cola, and then when you moved on to just game dev that sort of like was a separate thing so that wasn't a very well phrased question but i think you get the gist of like what's different sort of moving from one state of game development to the other yeah i mean it 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 stopped being like kind of a side project and, and became more of like the main thing i was working on like for the long for a long time like the beard in the mirror really kind of filled the void that that game cola had taken um that le- had left, I should say. Um, and, you know, around the same time, too, um, I actually, I guess about a year after I left Game Cola, I also uh, first went part-time at my real-life grown-up job and then uh, mostly no time at that job, and I've kind of been doing uh, game development full-time uh, ever since, you know, just out of my home office with my bunny rabbit and turtle. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it's 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 been, it's been different. It's, I mean, I... I really like working from home. I really like uh, having a nice creative outlet. Like it's, it's so rewarding to have have this kind of job and to do a job where I'm like really putting stuff out into the world. Like even if these games aren't being played by very very many people, which which you know they aren't, uh, it's <laughs> it's it's really cool to be to be doing this. So I remember earlier. Um, you taught you. There were a lot of Steam Greenlight campaigns that you ran. Yeah. Um, I don't really know what Steam Greenlight <laughs> is up to these days, but it seems like itch.io sort of became a better uh, hub. Of, or yes, I don't know. I guess no, that's a yeah. Well, so so Steam Greenlight is dead. R.I.P. It's it's not around yeah. anymore. It was replaced by Steam, Steam Direct. Direct or Steam something? Direct. Yeah, where instead of trying to rally support for your game and prove that it's worthwhile, you just give them $100 and then your game's on Steam. <laughs> um, <laughs> so the upshot, the, like what's cool about itch, itch.io versus Steam is that you, you know, there's no fee. You just put your game on there. You don't even have to give them a percentage of the revenue if you don't want to. The downside is that very few people use itch.io so you don't make any money off, off there. At least in my experience. Like I was, I was looking at numbers. It was either Cat President or Test Game. I forget which, but we sold something like 300 times more copies on Steam than Itch.io. Like, it was some absurd number. But I, Itch.io is a really good site, though, because they, you can also choose to, like, give the developer a tip if you want to. Uh, so you can actually pay more instead of on Steam, where you pretty much have to put your game at 25, you know, 75% off in order to get anyone to buy it. I think um, a key thing with that is also that you can put your game up for free and people can still have the option to give you money that's true yeah yep and like that way like people can actually play the game and if they think it's worthwhile then they can pay you yeah um as opposed to like well if i even just charged a dollar that already is like going to limit you know how many people actually play it at all yeah no i mean i feel like if if itch.io had more users like it would be at least at the very least the best platform for developers um yeah, but it's 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 getting there. I mean, I see people talk about it on Twitter sometimes, so it's becoming more <laughs> of a thing. So there's there's one set of games that has been conspicuously absent from our discussion, which 
in part maybe because it'll lead into our larger title topic. I don't know what I'm titling this podcast, but it's probably going to be something related to the Smithsonian. Um, <laughs> but the the awkward Steve duology. Yes. Um, why don't, first, let, why don't you tell us a little bit about what that is and how it came to be and then sort of what it became. And then sure. we'll sort of segue into how Smith, the Smithsonian factors into this. <laughs> Which is already a ridiculous thing for anyone to have said. <laughs> How does yeah? Anyway, um, yeah, it's it's so it's a it's an FMV game. Um, it uses live action footage. You watch a little video, stuff happens, and then you get to choose what happens next. Um, this was inspired by uh, I had been going through this sort of phase where I'd been playing a lot of uh, really bad FMV games, uh, mostly from yard sales and thrift stores, and noting that. You know, this is a thing I could do. Like, this is really easy gameplay. I could just code this in Rempy. I could make this a thing. Uh, and then I, you know, just started wondering what the indie version of a Star Trek Borg would look like. And what I came up with was a black and white game starring one person filmed entirely in one house uh, <laughs> about a really kind of menial subject. Uh, and <laughs> so I made a game about trying to psych yourself up to answer your front door when someone's knocking on it and you don't know who they are. <laughs> um, I wrote the script uh, in about, I want to say, a day, uh, filmed it over the course of two or three days, and then programmed it for like eight months. And then that one, that one's sort of like, not like Cat President necessarily, but like that one sort of had its own cult status. Like actual websites wrote about that one too. You yes. are on IMDb. Yeah. So so I, so I made the original game. It was called uh, A Stranger Comes Calling. Um, I put it out on Itch.io, and I really didn't expect, like, I didn't know if anyone was going to like it, because it was just such a really dumb game about, you know, the doorbell rings, and you get to choose whether you want to hide under the table or <laughs> or attempt to sneak up to the door and look out the window without anybody noticing, or... <laughs> You know, I mean, the whole game is about you basically trying to lower your anxiety meter to the point where you're comfortable opening the door and figuring out who's who's been waiting there all this time while you screw around. Um, so I didn't really, like, I didn't think anything was going to come of it, and uh, it got good feedback. The people who played it liked it. It got written about in a couple different places. I got to do an interview with fmvworld.com, which was very wow. exciting. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, so I'd, it was just this little game that was sitting around, and then... I decided to make a sequel. I decided to build another smaller, small game just like it. I was living out in California at the time uh, along a really, like, beautiful beach. A beautiful, quiet beach that no one ever visited except us. <laughs> so I thought it would be a good idea to take advantage of that while I was living there and and use that to film uh, some scenes for the game. So that sort of became the basis for uh, the sequel called Don't Turn Your Back on the Ocean. Um, Which is an amazing title. <laughs> Can I, it, so it came from the, it, that was like actually a phrase uh, living out there in uh, in Northern California that people would like tell you and like in in hushed tones if you were going to the ocean, don't turn your back on the ocean uh, because the tide would come and drag you into and kill you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Which never really came up in the game, but that's that's sort of where the, the title came from. I was very confused the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, I'll be honest, I did not do a... Like, I came up with the title and the setting, but I didn't really do, like, a great job of marrying them together. 
Uh, it's it's unclear what the title is actually referring to, besides the fact that it sounds cool. <laughs> but yeah, while um, A Stranger Comes Calling was a game about uh, answering your front door, this was a game about uh, locking yourself in the bathroom while your roommate was throwing a party. <laughs> and just hiding there and just trying to keep yourself entertained until it was over and everybody went away. Until something happens and you decide maybe uh, maybe this is a place you want to be after all. But that goes into spoiler territory, so I'm not going to go any further than that. Spoiler alert, I'm still sad. <laughs> I, I had, my wife made me take her out from ice cream after she finished it. She was so upset. When you released Don't Turn Your Back on the Ocean, you released it like in a dual pack, right? Yeah, I, I released them. Uh, I released Don't Turn Your Back on the Ocean and... Um, and a stranger comes calling, kind of together as a as a single package called the Awkward Steve Duology, uh, mostly because at the time a stranger comes calling had already passed through Steam Greenlight, and so I thought it'd be better just kind of combine them two and release them that way rather than try to go through at the time Steam Greenlight what was Steam Greenlight and try to go through that a second time. Um, that seemed like too much trouble, so I thought it'd be better to release them together. And plus, they were both like such you know tiny games. Uh, it, it just sort of made sense in my head to release them together instead of asking people to buy them individually. And so how long ago was that, roughly? Um, that was just, like, over the summer. Uh, like August, yeah, I not... think. Or July. Yeah, it was, like, the day after my birthday. That's right. For those who don't know, um, and sort of what we've been leading up to, uh, the Awkward Steve duology was featured in in an exhibit in the Smithsonian. <laughs> The most Along ridiculous with a bunch of other... thing that's ever happened in my entire <laughs> life. <laughs> and so, that sort of what we've been leading up to so far in this podcast is, um, how did that happen? Was that something that you signed up for? <laughs> I ask or did myself come... that every day. <laughs> <laughs> did it come out of the blue? No, okay. Um, it, it was on Twitter. Um, someone on Twitter shared this thing about this convention that was coming up at the Smithsonian uh, asking for indie developers to submit their games to be showcased in the Smithsonian American Art Museum. Um, so they, they didn't approach me. I, I approached them. Um, I found the link and uh, I submitted. I actually submitted three games uh, because as it turned out, there was no limit on how many games you could submit. So I just went, <laughs> I'm like, I'm just going to submit everything. Uh so I submitted uh, the Beard of the Mirror was like the one I thought was the best fit. Like it was of all the the games I've released, like the Beard in the Mirror is the one that most looks like a video game. <laughs> like it's it's the game that most has like has something that's identifiable as gameplay, where you click <laughs> on things and solve puzzles and like do stuff. <laughs> so I kind of thought that had the best shot. Um, I also submitted Cat President because the convention was in D.C., so I figured. Why not a game about, uh, you know, American politics? Um, and then I submitted Awkward Steve just because I thought it would be very, very silly if it got accepted. <laughs> I did not think it actually had a chance. I submitted it more because of how, how I would die laughing if it got accepted. Uh, wow. And then it did. did. And yes, I did. <laughs> I, I got the email and my wife, like, thought something was wrong the way I was reacting. <laughs> like I just like I literally like I I don't use the phrase rolling on the floor laughing my ass off but that's like what happened like I fell to the ground and could not stop laughing for like 2 minutes straight how uh, how absurd it was that this black and white stu FMV game that I filmed on my phone was going to be 
in this like the Smithsonian, like the Smithsonian. So that's how that happened. <laughs> so so you signed up. Yes. And then you got the you got the email and they said Which also that means that like someone like played it. A but, bunch then, of people did. Like a bunch of people like who was the panel who decided? Uh. Uh, they, I mean, it was a panel, I, I, they have a list of names on their website, I think, but it was, you know, developers, uh, critics, and I think, like, academics, like, uh, one of the main guys I talked with was, like, a professor of game design, I think. Um, wow. so, I mean, these are, like, real people <laughs> who played this game, were like, yes, we want, we want Awkward Steve, <laughs> yes, <laughs> this belongs in a museum. And I think... It speaks to the merit of the game, too, because, like, at this time, you didn't, like, have, like, clout. No, there wasn't people who were like, oh, yes. The, no. the people who made Cat President <laughs> have submitted a game to our exhibit? Oh, absolutely. No one wow. knows who I am. That's a true statement, Joe. Right. Thank you for bringing so, so that, that up. <laughs> I wasn't... Uh, no, I know. It's cool. It's cool. Um, But, like... But, like, I just... I You would think that, like, an event like that would be, like, way into... Notoriety. Notoriety. Not even notoriety, yeah. but just like, um, like, oh, like networking and connections. And yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. This person got in because they knew this person, uh, so they were already familiar yeah. with their games. Yeah, I mean, most of, most of the other games they had there, I, there weren't, there weren't a lot of games that I had like actually heard of coming into the convention. So I think they might have actually, uh, specifically been selecting games that hadn't had a lot of publicity yet where they I think they were looking to <laughs> highlight newer games like that that by 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 fresh young developers like me. Yeah. <laughs> so so you went you went in mm -hmm. and so they said like you you're in um what did you have to do? Did you have to like I mean since it's like a a digital game like if it was like a physical game you didn't have to like mail them a physical copy or anything or Anything, like they just had the game, I yeah. guess. And... Um, yeah, I mean, I needed, I needed to, I, I had to make a demo build and and put it on. I mean, I had it on my laptop. I had it on two laptops, mine and my friends, and you know, we just kind of set them up at a table and, and let people play them. Um, uh, I only, I only exhibited uh, the first game, um, A Stranger Comes Calling. Um, they didn't get the uh, people at the convention didn't get the whole thing. Uh, one because. That was actually the only one I had submitted. I wasn't far enough along with Ocean to be able to submit the whole package. Uh, but also because Ocean goes some places that I didn't think would be fun for a convention. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to make people sad. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, that I just loaded up onto a, la a couple of laptops, set up my table. Um, I, had, I had a whole team there with me, uh, which was kind of one of the best parts of the whole convention my wife and my two closest friends in the world all came with me to uh provide both emotional uh and technical support throughout the convention uh so lizzo uh and also um fellow game former game caller writers uh matt gardner and captain eric reagan um who may be someone listening to this remembers but probably not <laughs> jetty does but i remember <laughs> looks off into distance but yeah, that was that was in incredibly helpful. Um, one because it meant if I had to pee, I could leave the table and no one would steal my stuff. <laughs> but also, like like everyone really had their own role. Like Eric, like I said, Eric was in charge of making sure the computers like continued to function throughout the day, which a couple of times they didn't, especially when uh, everyone in the convention lost electricity. That was kind of a problem. Um, 
uh, Matt <laughs> was in charge of talking to the people that I didn't want to talk to. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> the people who are very like more more awkward and uncomfortable than I am. He be, he talked to the weirdos. That was kind of his job. <laughs> and Lizzo, uh, you know, she helped to make sure, like, I took breaks sometimes and didn't get too stressed out. And and she brought me ice cream once, if I recall correctly, and that was good. <laughs> so what were yeah. what were the what I mean aside from the weirdos yeah. um, that <laughs> you didn't interact with? Um, what were, what were the people like who came to this event? Was it like, was it like a separate event within the Smithsonian or was it like a day and then regular Smithsonian like visitors were just like, oh, could come and be like, oh, look at this cool thing that's happening. Let's go check it out. Um, or was it like an event that you had to sign up to attend? Oh, no, like, it definitely like... wasn't that. It was, it was, I mean, it was free to the public. It was kind of right there in, I guess, what was, uh, the courtyard of the museum. I think it was like kind of the food court area actually. And it was just a thing that members of the public came to, but um, it was kind of a combination of just random people that walked in and were like, what, what is happening? Why are these things here? And then people who were there specifically for the games, uh, you could usually pick them out because they were wearing Zelda shirts. <laughs> <laughs> what were they like? Uh, well, based on my experience, a lot of them were uh, befuddled and bewildered <laughs> because they were playing awkward Steve and did not have any idea what was happening. <laughs> um, yeah, there's. I mean, there. I got a lot of very, very confused looks, but uh, a lot of people were, were really into it. A lot of people were nice. Some were kind of surly. Like I could kind of tell when someone sat down and would look at the game, and I. You, it was obvious that they weren't into it, but felt like they had to keep playing it in order to be polite. And sometimes they weren't very polite. One of my favorite uh, guests at the table was this woman who sat down with kind of a mean look on her face, and she. She just said, I hate video games. <laughs> <laughs> she sat down and she said, I hate video games. And then she hate played Awkward Steve until she died, which is a really, really hard thing to do in the first Awkward Steve game. Like, you really have to work to, to, to kill yourself in that game. Wow. She got, she, she died, she got up, and then she came back and played it again. And the whole time she just had this look in her face that was like, I'm going to murder you for creating this Why? thing. And the look, like, did not leave her face. She she played the whole thing. She beat it. <laughs> and then she just got up and left, still scowling. What the hell? Was... Why? That's terrifying. <laughs> yeah. So that was, that was something that happened. Uh, but other than that, most of the people were really... <laughs> Most of the people were really cool. Like the 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 first the first people who played the game on the first day were these were uh, were two little little girls, little sisters, and they one sat at each laptop and they were competing to see who could get Steve to open the door the fastest. So that <laughs> it's like awkward Steve esports. I was really into it. <laughs> yeah, you know, there were a lot of a lot of questioning looks at me and wondering what have I done? Why have you done this? Uh, and then me trying to awkwardly explain what the game was when, you know, half the time I don't even know what it is. <laughs> I'm just as surprised that it, this is here as you are. Yeah. No, that's 100% true. Yes. <laughs> so it was a, it was a multiple day affair. I, I didn't realize it was more than yeah. one day. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A Saturday and a Sunday. Uh, it was very tiring. I've, I've done conventions like this before. Like, I think I've, yeah, I don't, I've written about it on Game Caller. We did, we, um showed off we just kind of advertised city. game yeah queen city kamikaze me christian matt and eric were like advertising game cola at that one um yeah. i showed off test game at boston fig a couple of years ago but this was the first that was like 
two whole days of nonstop socializing with people. It was yeah. very exhausting. And it was it was never it was never lost on me the irony of of standing in front of a table uh, and trying to actively and socially promote a game about social anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> did you get a chance to check out any of the other games that were there? Yes. So the first night they did a pizza and soda party for all the developers. Uh, after <laughs> after uh, I think there was beer too, but whatever. Uh, after uh, after we kicked all the public out, and it was. <laughs> It was really, it took all of my self-restraint um, to, well, okay, I should back this up by saying that there weren't just indie games there. There were also, like, uh, rows and rows of classic games, too. They had, like, NES's, Super Nintendo's, N64's, you could play Mario Kart, Zelda. Like, we were right across from Ocarina of Time, which I did not think was fair uh, comparison or competition. <laughs> that was not great. Uh, so, yeah, uh, so after after the convention was over for the night we had our party, it took all of my restraint to not just sit there and play Super Mario Kart for an hour and to actually <laughs> like get around and see what else everyone else was doing. <laughs> uh, one of my favorites was they had this um they had like indie arcade cabinets, which I I did not know was a thing. Like indie games that were built into arcade cabinets, I think like running off of like tablets and stuff. Um hmm. and they had this one game that was essentially uh do you know the game Asteroids, the old arcade game Asteroids? Mm -hmm. Yeah. They had a game that was like four-player Asteroids, <laughs> except all the, all the ships had like different powers and different abilities. And uh, so that was a lot of fun. We actually, we got onto the high score list for easy mode, which was a very proud moment for me. <laughs> <laughs> Possibly because we were the only ones who played easy mode, but uh. we did it. Uh, but yeah, it was really cool getting to see all the other games. Like, to my shock, Awkward Steve was... Somehow not the only game about social anxiety being presented at this convention. <laughs> <laughs> there was a one. Uh, well, there was one that um, sadly, though, the developer wasn't able to make it. Um, uh, but she was supposed to be showing off a game called The Average Everyday Adventures She's of Samantha nervous. Brown. I love that uh, which game. Is, yeah. <laughs> a, a game about hiding in your dorm room. <sighs> Because you want to make ramen and there's people in the kitchen, which is basic. It came out the same time as Awkward Steve, too. It did, yeah. <laughs> kind of the same game, except uh, theirs was a visual novel and mine was an FMV game. Um, so there was there was supposed to be that. There was also, like, a side-scroller about social anxiety. And there was also a game that was literally called Awkward Annie. <laughs> what? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which is, um, I played it, there's like a free, it's a free Flash game, I think, and it's a game about wandering around your cubicles and trying to select the awkward, most awkward dialogue options with people. It's pretty good. <laughs> Were the three of you all seated next to each other? <laughs> we weren't, I, I don't know why we weren't. We really should have been. <laughs> Did you get a chance to talk to any of the developers during, like you said, there was like a pizza party and yeah. then... But I, the the thing was, by the end of the day, I was just so like I all I wanted to do was never talk to anybody ever again. So I wasn't like feeling my most social. Uh, I felt kind of bad because I there was like this one guy we who tried to start up a conversation with us uh, while we were in line to get pizza uh, about this awesome game he was making um, for uh, for people who uh, who did not have use of their arms or did not have arms. Like it's a game about where it like connects to your, your bicep, I guess. And like you flex your bicep in order to jump. Hmm. And he was, he was trying to explain it to me. And I was, all I could think about was how much I did not want to talk to anybody ever again. 
Um, <laughs> so I, I felt a little bad about that. Um, so, yes, we had the opportunity to talk to people, but no, I did not take advantage of that as much as I should have. I did make some kids cry. That was pretty good. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Mul- mul- didn't... Multiple little children were, were horrified of awkward Steve. <laughs> Specifically, I think it was the way he, he talks. For anyone who hasn't seen the game, that uh, doesn't really have much in the way of dialogue. Steve just kind of stares at the camera and like flaps his mouth up and down in a way that uh, almost approximates talking, but isn't quite, and no sounds actually come out. Um, and then, like, you see the, the dialogue in, like, a silent film title uh, afterwards. Um, yeah, that scared some people. They weren't happy. <laughs> there was one little girl who, like, played the game, freaked out, ran away, came back, got freaked out again, and ran away again. Um, that was another highlight, yes. And so was there any sort of aftermath to this, or did it, was it just, like... Sunday you wrapped up and that was sort of the end of it or um yeah I, uh well oh so what I didn't get to say was um my family was there um my my parents came my older oldest brother came uh my in-laws came my grandfather-in-law came <laughs> like it was wow. a whole thing um and on the last day my parents took us all out for dinner afterwards so that was that was sort of the wrap up for the whole thing uh was just getting a nice meal and then Going to sleep forever. <laughs> and never talking to anyone ever again. And so now do you say, like, on the, you say, like, Paul Franzen, approved by Smithsonian, <laughs> or... I, I had my name legally changed to Paul. My game was in the Smithsonian <laughs> Franzen, yes. <laughs> is it, uh, Absolutely. Is it, a, is it at least in the, uh, the trivia section on IMDb? <laughs> uh, I, don't, I don't think it is... <laughs> That's another that. thing. I don't know why there's an IMDb page for. <laughs> I had nothing to do with this, but I'm very highly rated as an actor and director and producer in IMDb now, which is which is exciting. Um, I don't I don't think it's maybe it is now that that we talked about it on the podcast. Maybe someone will go edit that in, but I haven't touched that. I don't even know how that works. Like who who I, gets to do that? Like, I think it's anyone? just like Wikipedia, isn't it? But Wikipedia has, like, I mean, Wikipedia used to be, like, anyone, but, like, now you gotta, like, do a couple things, and, mm. like, if you, like, just sign up and then start doing whatever, like, it's gonna start being vetted, and, like, people who are on Wikipedia all the time are gonna notice. So you can't really just write whatever. Um, yeah, no, I have I have absolutely no idea who added it. Um. <laughs> I don't know, like, what, what counts as being, like, what's... Oh, I'm rated. Like, the game's rated eight point zero out of ten. Not bad. Because like, yeah. are do video games count? Because it's the Internet Movie Database. Yeah, it's, I guess it's, it's, an it's SMV under it's game. under the video. No, it's just under the video game category. I think they have listings for video games. Oh, yeah, just, I mean, it might just be to put like voice actors and stuff yeah. in there. I'm not sure, but that's pretty much what it is. Because I've definitely done that a lot of times. Yeah. Like with that. Yeah, but I'm. I'm I'm now listed on IMDb as a director, actor, writer, and producer. <laughs> just, just, again, everything everything that has ever happened with this game is completely absurd. It's uh, ridiculous. There was a fun part when I joked on Twitter that everyone on my team should wear the the goofy pug shirt that Awkward Steve wears, <laughs> and then. A representative from the Smithsonian American Art Museum emailed me and said, "Yes, do that." That was that was exciting. We didn't actually do it. It cost uh-huh. too much. I spent all my budget on a banner. <laughs> uh, that was it. That was the only other thing in my notes. 
So what's next? What are you? What's your next hit game that's gonna top all the charts in the Smithsonian, and just be like, get its own exhibit in the <laughs> Smithsonian, just it. I mean, I don't think anything I've ever made that included actually should be in a museum. Like that's ridiculous. Like, <laughs> um, the next, but the next game I'm working on, um, it should be coming out within the next couple of months. Uh, is uh, going back to the beginning of this podcast, it's the Francie Drew and Friends collection. Um, <laughs> so we we collected both the um, the first two games that I talked about, My Nigerian Prince and Francie Drew, um, along with a brand new Francie Drew game and a couple of others, and we're just kind of bundle, bundling them together and 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 dropping them on Steam, and we're going to see what happens with that. Garfield and like Garfield and Friends. <laughs> yeah. <type. laughs> yeah, that's pr- that's kind of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I re- I think the name Francie Drew was really funny, so I wanted to put that in the title. That was pretty much it. It was either that or like the Argle Fump anthology, uh, because Michael <laughs> wrote all the games. But I didn't think that would have the as wide appeal. Uh, I wasn't sure. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, fun trivia: uh, Diana Gray appears in multiple of these games. <laughs> uh, she does voiceovers in the two Francie Drew games, and oh, yeah. uh, she she acts in. Um, one of the other games who am i the let's play disaster <laughs> i saw her and i got excited i was like yay <laughs> yeah so that's, that's, was, so that's uh, a fun thing for game cola fans what was the name of the one that i was supposed to be in my brother my brother my brother my brother my brother and me <laughs> that is that is a podcast i don't think i had anything to do with that one <laughs> no uh, the game the, was what the alex to Alex to Alex. Oh, that's right. Yeah. How could I forget? Yeah. About a dating site for people oh named Alex God. and you were going to play everybody. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Have, haven't gotten too far with that one, I'm sad to say. I would say it would be just game cold people luck to like name something and then be like, oh yeah, but there's this super popular thing that already has that name. <laughs> Yeah, I have I have part of a script for that game uh, sitting on a, on my hard drive somewhere, but uh, yeah, maybe someday we'll see. Because <laughs> like we've we've been trying to name um, the RPG cast to something <laughs> like that's more of a name now that so many more Dungeons and Dragons and RPG podcasts are sort of cropping up. So we need something that differentiates sure. us a little more than the name of the group that does it <laughs> um but like all the good ones are taken already like i wanted to do something like metagame because mm. like we you know like the idea is that we take video game mechanics and try to apply them to a tabletop setting but like there's already like three podcasts named meta some variation of the metagame metagame metagaming <laughs> so oh. well it's yeah. like what happened with uh with uh, read it and weep too, right? <laughs> oh yeah, the uh, the original name for hacks and slash, which lasted all of one episode before they yeah. emailed us. The people who actually have a real podcast with that name told us to stop. Wow. Oh, I didn't realize that yeah. the the, yeah. the people actually emailed you. I thought uh, you just found out. No, it, like, was, later. it was either the actual people or like someone who just listened to it. But mm. but same same thing. Yeah. Yeah. It was such a good name for a podcast that someone had already used it. <laughs> yeah. Is the problem. You didn't like the uh, PCPPTPC? <laughs> uh, I remember. I what did you write? <laughs> port <call this laughs> portable port table port cast. 
Oh, port table. Yeah. Did we ever? Did you ever actually suggest that out of that? Because that's actually really good. I I did not. Ah, oh, we could. There's got to be something we can do with that. <laughs> we'll we'll figure that out later, and maybe you listeners will be the first to hear of the what finalized, or it'll be a completely different name, and you won't. Yeah. You won't know. But for, for those who don't know, we were trying to get something that says it's like it's a port, like you port from NES to you know Genesis, but it's to tabletop. So I was trying to say <laughs> port table. That I think we can joke. make that work. I, 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 I think, think we can make that work. I think uh, Rosie is, is the best uh, gamble top. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. I like that. I think you mean yes. Because <laughs> that's obviously the best one. <laughs> uh, well, I think if unless there's anything else, um, Paul, that you wanted to mention, we could move on to the podcast staple of video games we've been playing. That sounds good to me. So, uh, while we, well, Paul, we'll give you a break because you've been oh, talking you. for oh, thank you. the past <laughs> 45 <laughs> minutes. Um, Anna, oh, Anna, okay. what video games have you been playing in recent times? Um, well, uh, Are they related to Thomas the Tank Engine? <laughs> Actually, um, <laughs> it's been about a month and I said I was going to do it and I still need to finish it. Um, I decided that since I downloaded all those apps, I might as well write a top of the heap article about them all. And I finally awesome. finished playing all of them. Found out that my phone can do screen recording. So get to see me actually talk to Thomas this time. <laughs> it's going to be great. Um, no, they they heard they heard it last podcast. Remember, <laughs> it was really as a listener. It was really hard to tell when it was Joe and when it was Thomas. I couldn't tell the difference. What are you talking about? It was only Thomas. It was, there was only Thomas Joe. and some person who definitely wasn't Thomas. I would explain it. No, but uh, for some reason the narrator has a British accent, but then Thomas and his friends do not. Anyway, all the games are kind of awful, but then again, it's mostly because uh, most of it is pay to play, and I'm just like, I don't want to pay things, so there's only one good one, so it's pretty easy (laughs) judgment on that one. Um, But along with those, which I finally finished and don't have to play ever again, um, I've been playing a lot of Stardew Valley again. James and I just finished Valhalla, at least like the main story we finished a few days ago so that was a lot of fun and i forgot how many feels i felt while playing it the first time <laughs> still playing that uh plant simulator where i have to take care of a plant and like i can't do in real life i'm looking at my dying bamboo plant now um and then i picked up another game called west of loathing it's a western rpg with stick figures it's pretty funny. I watched it. I watched some oh. YouTubers play it, and I was like, "This is actually pretty good." So I picked it up, and I've played about thirty minutes of it, and it's already really funny. I also started playing Sims Four again, even though I thought I hated it a lot. Excuse me, a lot more than I did. I still kind of hate it, but less so. Is uh, is West of Loathing related to Kingdom of Loathing? I don't know. 
I'm gonna assume that it is. I'm gonna um, look it up. Because like I think it is because it looks exactly like Kingdom of Loathing. It probably is the, then, yeah. Yeah. When when you said stick figures, I was like, oh, it has to be. <laughs> but um, I think that's it. My <laughs> I have a fun story though. A few weeks ago, Paul did a it was like a haunted explore a haunted house. Oh, my Twext adventure. <laughs> yes. What? <laughs> He did basically a text adventure over Twitter, and he <laughs> had prizes, uh, which would be uh, either a game code or one of the pins that he passed out to Smithsonian, which says, hi, I'm awkward, um, which I needed in my life. Uh, <laughs> where was I going with this? Oh, yeah. my old One of my old roommates on Twitter, because I posted a picture of the pin on my jacket, she was just like, what does it say under that? And I was like, oh, it's a game that my friend made. Yes. <laughs> she's never going to yes. play it because she doesn't, she's not no. into video games. Oh. <laughs> so, well, no, she's a Here's a game, game developer secret. Not... That, yeah. <laughs> That's why we hand out those pins. <laughs> it's for exactly that. <laughs> but yeah, she, she yeah. at least wanted to know what it was. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. So yeah, that's aside from random phone games, that's all I've been doing. Okay, so did I talk last time about Worm Journey to the Center of the Earth? I don't think so. That he might have. does not sound familiar. Okay, um, oh man. Like, I couldn't remember. It, it's been a while. I probably played it like immediately after the recording of the last podcast i'm actually i'm writing a review of it um it's an nes game that i remember i remember seeing it in nintendo power back in the day and thinking wow this looks really boring i have no interest in this whatsoever (laughs) (laughs) and the thing is is that like i wish that i had played it back then because like knowing how much i like crystallis I feel like I would have really enjoyed this game. And how boring that game is. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's a really bad game. Like, <laughs> they they involve a side-scrolling shooter that makes no sense because, like, you just fly through all of the obstacles and you're, like, flying underground drill machine. Then it has vertical scrolling segments. Then it has, like side-scrolling platforming adventure segments and like a weird first-person sort of like shooter mode and like none of them are fun none of them are good all of them are extremely short um but the story is just like so wild that uh i really i wish that i could have experienced it back when i could enjoy a terrible poorly translated uh story (laughs) Jetty, I heard the phrase poorly translated. Yeah. Um, I'm going to need a couple examples <laughs> on that one. <laughs> um, <laughs> hold on. I believe... Uh, let me... I, I have dozens of screenshots. I'm sad. Oh, good. They're like... Oh, yeah, the whole... The end of the game is like 12 pages of uh, like story about how like... There were people living on the overworld, and then they got, they like sunk under the surface of the sea, 
but then like people came from the moon and took over but then they also went underground and uh but in the end we all destroyed ourselves and our beautiful planet with one last great war a nuclear war oh yeah all of these things that they say it in oh that's the other thing is that it has like anime cutscenes on the <laughs> nes um oh oh man the one where she walks out of the ship that they play every single time i i my favorite part of the game is where the mini boss says you crumbs are still alive <laughs> but that's actually really good dialogue i really enjoy that uh there's a part where a robot tells you may the power be with you <laughs> so i'm just like looking through these screenshots and trying to find like uh some good ones i'm i'm like distracted here hold on uh, may I'll... the jewels per second be with you there's... Is this green-haired Samus Aran? <laughs> well, this game was about an earthworm. Yeah, earthworm Jim. Yeah. <laughs> um, hold on. There's one. Word. What is this game called again? Worm Journey to the Center of the Earth. I like. Who is is this lady worm? <laughs> no. What? Yeah. What? <laughs> um. So like, so like, this is a real game that was on the NES. Did the, like it came out yeah. in the US and everything? I'd never heard of this game. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I remember seeing it in Nintendo Power and being like, wow, this looks really boring because the screenshots just showed, like, the side-scroller part from what I remember. Hold on. Let me... I need to go back and look at some of these. Um, I like one where she just says, VZR, touchdown. I'm like, yeah, woo, goal, <laughs> goal. We win the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my favorite part. Sorry. I'm pretty sure I use this also in the, uh, what does it all mean? I'm asking oh. myself that question. <laughs> and, you're, and you're saying this game is bad? <laughs> That's amazing. Perhaps we can see the future beyond the rain. God. Yeah, um, so, so is that mostly what you've been playing recently? Um, it, it honestly only took maybe an hour to play. Um, so I, I wouldn't say that's mostly what I've been playing, but I actually haven't played a lot of games uh, this past month, I guess. Um, so yes. All right. Um, I have recently been playing uh, Try to Purchase a Nintendo Switch while avoiding any spoilers for Mario Odyssey, <laughs> which is really difficult on both fronts. <laughs> Even in our Game Cola Discord itself, it's really yeah. difficult. Oh, it's Because so the off-topic channel on our Discord is just full of Mario Odyssey right now. <laughs> <laughs> So that so and then like it's all over YouTube. Everyone's playing Mario Odyssey. It's yeah. the net. It's the next best thing. Everybody, I don't know. Like a lot of people are taking it and comparing it basically to their favorite Mario, like that type of Mario game. So like I've seen lots of like, oh, it's like Super Mario sixty four. It's like Super Mario Sunshine. Um, it's I haven't heard a lot of comparisons to Mario Galaxy. What about to Super Mario Brothers 2? Um, I no, probably not a lot of comparisons. To the 3D Marios <laughs> is what I meant. <laughs> um, do they have those? 
Yes, Jenny. You'll get there one day. <laughs> no. You should have gotten to Super Mario 64 by now. You you got to Game Boy Advance, so you're in the mid 2000s. You're in the early 2000s. You're up to Game least. Boy Advance now? Man. Yeah, you haven't heard about me playing... Oh, uh, I'm so behind the times. Pokemon Mystery Dungeon? Oh, no, wait, I thought, I thought that was Diana that was playing that. No, it was me. I mean, she. I think she's also playing. It. Okay. <laughs> Copycat. Jetty would. Jetty would know this if he was on Twitter. <laughs> um, but yeah. So you've been. You, so like, yeah, this GameCube. You could have gotten up to Super Mario Sunshine by now. Um, but at, so Super Mario Galaxy was the like my childhood Mario game. Like I played Super Mario Sunshine when I was young, but like Super Mario Galaxy was like. That Mario game that blew me away, <laughs> the way that I feel like lots of people had that moment with Super Mario 64 of like, whoa, this is video games. <laughs> <laughs> like just the orchestral presentation and like the cool gravity mechanics and just like the really large, like the whole idea of like making things feel as big as possible. Even if you're going from like little planet to little pa planet, like presentationally, like these really big spaces. Um, I guess spaces because it's in space. Whoa. <laughs> I see what I did there. That was excellent. I got it. Um, so I'm I'm interested to compare it to that because it seems like the idea is is that they're trying to go back to Super Mario 64, Super Mario Sunshine type stuff, which you know could be a lot of fun. But I I hope that they don't get rid of the aspects of Galaxy that I liked in favor of the Super Mario 64 style. Um, so we'll just have to see, because I don't even know if I can quite articulate, like, what what that, what those things would be, like, that I wouldn't want them to get rid of, necessarily. So we'll have to see. I think a lot of it comes down to presentation, which I think it'll have. Um, quick pause real quick. I need to get my, um, I need to plug my computer in. Sure. Okay. I'm really I'm really glad Jetty's in this podcast too, so I'm not the only one freaking out that Joe's childhood memory was Mar <laughs> was GameCube. No, that was Wii. So Wii, Wii. It's Wii. even worse. That was the Wii. Oh God, no! I played that in college. <laughs> yes, you are. You are. A, oh God, I am nothing but dirt and dust. Um, I mean, it wasn't like, I mean, like, child, when I say child, I mean, I, I don't know if this will make no, me feel better or not. it's done. When the say, damage is done. I, say, I take five more points of psychic damage. <laughs> when I say childhood, I mean, I mean, like, Mario Galaxy came out in 2007. So I was, uh, I was still, like, 11. <laughs> Remember that time you made Paul feel old by telling him how old we were? Yes. I do. <laughs> oh. I remember that so well because it's really funny because the three of us are around the same age like Joe, Diana, and I are all around the same like we're around the same age why do we have so all these children on the staff? really funny <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's one of my favorite things to yeah, it, feel old. it works <laughs> it works every time oh <laughs> uh, so fun <laughs> It's like when I noticed that my, my nephew, who was born, like, I don't know, 2000, like, he's in high school now, like, yeah. he shouldn't be old enough to talk yet. 
what is this? <laughs> this is not right. My my youngest cousin is seventeen years younger than I am, so like the fact that he's like uh, how old am I? Old am I? <laughs> he's like five now, so I'm just like no. Yeah, you have you have to. You're still a baby, and he's like only five. You get so. to look forward to him waxing nostalgia about like the Switch Three, like. <laughs> I've sort of been feeling the opposite effect, uh, mostly because Stranger Things, the trailer has been coming out, and it's just like all <laughs> '80s nostalgia, like yeah. just completely and entirely. Like there's Dragons Lair and like Ghostbusters and all that, and like I'm sick of all the '80s stuff. Well, I'm not sick of it, but like I am, I am feeling a similar like ah, adults these days sort of vibe. Though not like serious, but it is kind of why I don't watch the show that much. I have had that thought. I was actually thinking about that recently. That like, um, okay, so, so much stuff in like the eighties and nineties that like I grew up with was made by people who were like around my age now, who were thinking of their childhood back in like the sixties. So, my basis and like so many things that are coming out right now is people who are in their thirties now who grew up in the 80s and 90s. So, like, we're referencing things from our childhood. But what happens when we finally reach the point where people who grew up in, like, 1997, like, get to talk about, like, Backstreet Boys and, like, do throwbacks <laughs> to their youth? Uh, so, something weird. Things, like, from the, like, late 80s, 90s make me feel nostalgic. Not in the same way that it makes people who actually grew up, like, yeah. watching these things feel, but because most of my, like, first two years of high school, like, end of junior high, I was watching those things because I didn't have anything better to do and I yeah. didn't like anything else that was happening. <laughs> so, I always found that weird, but it's cool. Well, I think it's in large part because, like, these days, it's so much easier for us to get access to old media yeah, that's than a it good used point. to be. Because, like, before, you had, like, if you had, like, music, you had, if you wanted to listen to it, you had to listen to something, like, on a yeah. record player, even though everyone, all the new stuff was coming out on, like, CDs, and then, like, now, like, VHS and DVDs. But now everything, once it's on the internet, once it's digital, it's just there forever. And barring like weird file types, you can get access to it. So now like if you want to listen to an old song, you can do it on Spotify, which is like the same place that you would listen to new music. And so since yeah. it's all in one place, yeah. I think we as a culture are more familiar with older cultural things than perhaps our parents or grandparents were actually um we recently like i <laughs> before we moved uh game cola's headquarters to uh salem massachusetts we were st is it stealing to use someone else's netflix account does that do uh, they do they know you're using it yes <laughs> well if they, if they know that well, well, it's I mean, not. but is it stealing from Netflix, though? I guess, yeah. I guess your question. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. Technically, yes, but it's, yeah. it doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean, they, they have, like, family pens. They're they're made to have, like, 
three separate accounts in like the big umbrella account, right? Like that's yeah. how it's. Well, I think so. With we um we share my in laws account. And there's three profiles in it, and I think it's I think it lets you, or at least it lets us like we can watch something at the same time. Like her sister's watching something, but I think then if like a third person hmm. tries to watch, that's when it runs into. Like I think you can have a couple simultaneous people, but there's I mean there's a limit, yeah. Oh. Yeah, it might just depend on the plan we have too. They might they might specifically have a like like I said a family plan that that allows for this. Well, uh, my 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 point was um yeah. yes that uh I had watched the first season but then when we moved uh I couldn't watch the second season so we went and we found a website online. We watched it all over the course of like, you know, a weekend and then we decided to go back to the website and try to find something else and the website was gone. <laughs> so speaking of like uh people going after more recent things it is not an inaccurate statement the other thing i wanted to talk about uh real quick before we move on to what games paul's been playing is that like my just struggles trying to purchase a nintendo switch because well the thing is is that i was like okay i have time to play the switch now so i'm gonna look it up on amazon and it said it was like 300 dollars, which makes sense that's the price so i was like cool um but it was late and so i didn't order it then because i wanted to look around and see like what other stuff if i want to buy extra controllers what games to get but then i checked back the next day and it was up to like 340 dollars what base price and i was like what the what the heck amazon so now I'm. I would like to have a switch so that I can report on it. You know, for GameCola.net, the actual internet website. But it's just frustrating because I, I don't want to spend like forty extra dollars just because Amazon's being a butt to me. Yeah, that's that's better than when I, I checked recently and it was up to four hundred something. So wow. Yeah, I saw them at Target and they were three hundred dollars. I didn't yeah. have the money. Like I had the money, but I needed to be good and not spend that money. But I wanted. Oh, just to be bad. Back. Just <laughs> no, just be bad. I can't. I have to be responsible for once. I have to save money for things like food mm. and coffee, so I don't. Well, I, I know you can. You, you can't. You lick the cartridges for sustenance. I know something happens when you <laughs> lick them, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I was determined not to do that ever. But I went. I went to Cam's. And he has a switch, and he's like, "Yes, you gotta do it." And I'm like, "I don't want to." And he's like, "You gotta do it." And so I did, and it wasn't as bad as I thought it was gonna be. <laughs> so I was like, "This isn't the worst thing ever, but it's still not great." <laughs> So on that note, uh, why don't, <laughs> Paul, we move on to uh, what games you've been playing in recent times. Yeah, um, the game I was I was going to play, um, Jetty rejected my invite for Dice with Buddies, so I don't, I don't have that on, <laughs> on tap this month. <laughs> uh, but no, I've been playing, um, I just completed uh, a game called Steins Gate um, for the PlayStation Vita. I think it's on Steam, too. Uh, this wait, for the really, the really good... Uh, uh, sorry, it's uh, Steins Gate. No, wait, 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 what, uh, what is this? Oh. This con- console? The, v- the Vita. V-I-T-A. 
Uh, I mean, I could do. Up now, I could do Jetty an entire <laughs> like monthly podcast about games, visual novels I'm playing on my Vita right now because for some reason, like that's the only game on it, and I love it. I just like some people like read like real books before going to bed, and I just like sit there and play my visual novels before my my dating sims. I date cute boys before going to bed, and it's the best. Oh <laughs> uh, no! I've been playing um yeah. this game called Steins Gate. Uh, it came out like a long time ago in Japan, but it just started coming like here. I guess a couple years ago. Time travel based visual novel. There's dating. There's sci-fi. There's twists. Like it took a long time to sell me on it. Like for the first however many hours I was playing it, I just could not stand the main character for, like, the life of me. And I think uh, Nicolas Suprak was was playing the game, and he was tweeting about this, too, about how just, like, awful the main character and a lot of the side characters are. But, like, unlike a lot of games, they don't stay awful. Like, there's, like, character growth, and you get invested in it, and you really want to know what's happening. And, like, for chapter upon chapter, they would, like, get me really super invested in this relationship then in this relationship then in this and, and then break me every single time it's 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 intense uh, Anna, i think you specifically would actually really like this game um it's Hi, yeah <laughs> I've been playing it's on sim it's on steam to to, it's back. not like a real like dating heavy dating sim it, it's really it focuses more on like their oh, their sci-fi story that they're telling but oh, it'll books. go on sale uh as a developer, I know when the Steam, yeah, I, I know when the say, next two Steam sales uh-huh. are. I can't tell you though. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's fine. I never uh, thought about uh, that. <laughs> apparently, that's something. Apparently, that's something I've clicked not into. Oh, I never... no. <laughs> Except yeah. I probably would be. Apparently, yeah. So um, right, I, I don't want to talk about it too much. Time for be, more. Uh, yeah, fame. without giving spoilers, but an angry tweeting. It enjoy. I enjoyed it so much that like. Like, like the minute I finished it, I immediately started playing the sequel. Like, I cannot, I cannot go another hour without being in these people's worlds and seeing what they're doing. Like, I, it's it's probably the most I've been into a visual novel since Phoenix Wright. Like, that's how much I enjoyed this game. And like I said, it's really rough going for a little bit, but it like really like kind of creeps up on you, or at least it creeped up on me how much I was getting into it. So, it's a, it's a good game. Um, I would have also liked to be playing Dice with, with Buddies. <laughs> um, there's also Yahtzee with Buddies now. What? Yeah, it it's oh, suggesting it, it's suggesting three games to me: Dice with Buddies, Yahtzee with Buddies. I mean, that's what Dice with Buddies is. They also yeah. want me to play uh, Trivia Crack, which I did not realize was still a thing. Oh wait, has has anyone else been playing HQ oh. Trivia? No. no. <sighs> it's yeah. Uh, I get, I'll talk about it real quick. It's this live uh, trivia game. I think it's only on iPhone that you can play at three o'clock and nine o'clock Eastern. And like, there's like a, a live, like, you know, host, like a real dude wow. there, like, you know, uh, ask, you know, asking questions. Everyone answers it. If you get it right, you get to move on to the next round. Um, I think what people like about it is that there's an actual like cash prize. Hmm. And what? so if you if you get to the end if you answer all 12 questions right you and whoever else answered them right split the pot um actually in 13 minutes it's going to start again the pot's supposed to be like $1500 so wow. we need to wrap this up <laughs> All right well on that note um thank you for listening to the Game Cold podcast and thanks to Paul Franzen for coming on and being interviewed even though he hated it 
<laughs> Didn't we, did we not cut out the parts where I kept saying how much I hated this? <laughs> <laughs> Joe, I, we talked about this. Your Please job don't. is to edit out the awkward parts. So, I mean, it'll be a 10-minute podcast. Yeah, no, but... we, I'll edit those parts out, but now everybody knows. <laughs> they can fill in the blanks. The magic of illusion or whatever. Yeah. Um, uh. But yeah, thanks for having me, Joe. I really appreciate it. It was fun. So if you uh, like Game Cola and you like this podcast, um, be sure to check us out on our actual internet website, GameCola.net. And uh, you can find articles. You can, you've can you heard about some of the articles that Jetty and Anna are writing currently. Um, podcasts are posted there. Um, you can also check out content from us at our YouTube channel, GC.net, the letter G, the letter C, the word dot, and the word net. Um, you can check us out on social media, right, Anna? Facebook and Twitter, uh, GameCola.net. Or GameCola, not .net, Jesus. GameCola. <laughs> hey. <laughs> I'm so excited, because I haven't done anything for some um, And you, if you follow us there, you'll get notifications whenever we put out new articles and new video series. Um, fun stuff like that. Um, and you can, if you'd like to email us a question or just anything, um, and have it read out on the podcast, you can do so if you email to podcast at gamecola.net. And, uh, if you want to catch us on our live streams, you can follow us on twitch.tv. Just search for gamecola and you'll find us. Um, Paul. Yeah. If uh, people want to find you and your stuff, what should they look out for? Oh, they should definitely follow me on Twitter. I'm at Paul M. Franzen. Um, they could also follow O-Rock Studios at O-Rock Studios. Uh, and also, um, since we were talking about conventions so much in the podcast, I should probably mention that uh, in a couple of weeks, uh, November the 18th and 19th, I'll be showing off The Beard in the Mirror at Retro Game Con uh, in Syracuse. So if anyone wants to come and be awkward with me live and in person. Wow. That we can do that. That can happen. And also, be sure to check out uh, Paul and Michael's uh, podcast. Oh, well, podcast <laughs> um, where they talk about more of this game dev stuff that they do. Yes. Um, on a monthly basis. We had a whole um, episode just about mermaids last month. It was pretty good. <laughs> so if you're if you're missing Paul and Michael on the podcast, you can go check them out there. Um, and subscribe to them on iTunes, just like you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes and rate both of them highly. Give us a good review. Um, and that's the only thing you can do with that. So <laughs> um, thanks again for listening. Have a wonderful time of day, wherever it is you are. Um, thanks again, Paul, for coming on and everyone else for coming out. And goodbye, everybody. Bye. 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 That game was called, uh, I Hate Podcasts. <laughs> the game was called I Hate Podcasts. Yeah, I wish it was. <laughs> Sorry, I haven't, I, haven't, game? <laughs> I haven't talked with anyone this long besides Michael for uh, however long it's been since I left Game Cola. And usually he does most of the talking in the podcast. <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah, so that... Um, 
Hello everyone, this is Joseph Martin, your podcast commander, coming at you with another uh, post-podcast meetup sesh. I don't know, maybe I'll make this a regular thing after the bloopers, maybe I won't, but this time at least, uh, I just want to check up with you, see how you're doing, and also let you know that uh, if some parts of the later part of this podcast sounded a little weird, it's because, well, we're still getting used to this new recording format, and part of that was that when I went to move my computer, as you heard earlier, it actually uh, stopped my Audacity recording and my microphone was not recording for a good 20 minutes. So uh, near the end, I had to kind of go back and reinsert some things I thought I said to uh, keep the content in. I think I managed to keep it together pretty clearly, at least even if I sounded a little awkward. But if things sounded a little weird, that would be the case. Uh, bear with us as we continue to sort of explore this new recording style and work out all of the kinks. And thanks for listening. If you're listening all the way back here, then I imagine you're a fan of the podcast because you didn't click off earlier. So I'm glad you stuck around. And thanks for listening. Share the podcast with your friends so that we can have more fun here at this little post-podcast after party in the future. And that's it. See ya.